0: To Luke's Gospel, uh, chapter number 1, Gospel of Luke, chapter number 1. We're going to read quite a few verses here, I think. Luke chapter number 1. We're going to start reading in verse number 26. When you get there, you can say, amen. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Consider what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God would give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no man. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, that maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel her. Let's pray. We worship you in this moment, in this hour. Father, as we prepare to eat this morning from the table, your word, I pray that every soul will be fed. Every heart will be greatly nourished. Every mind will, Lord, be renewed. Our faith will be stimulated. Our devotion to you will become more closer. Our affection for you will grow stronger after what we have heard today. Holy Spirit, you are our help. Help us, Lord, as we study your In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're continuing our series, uh, Unwrapping Christmas. And in this particular series, we began last week uh, talking about uh, unwrapping gifts that we hope that we could pass along during this Christmas season as Christians and those of us who are engaging in our communities. Last week, we unwrapped the gift of the salvation. We talked about it in that message, and we concluded that the best and most significant gift that we can give is the invitation to Jesus Christ. Even though cars and games, and toys, and watches, and all of that, diamond rings, and all the ladies said, "Wow, oh. wow!" My wife is in here in this room right now. She's been screaming, "Amen." Even though as wonderful as those things are, the, the most important, most significant gift that we can offer is Christ. And so my prayer is that, that you have really begun to figure out ways, and ask God to really use you in a very significant way to impact people's lives in a way that will change them for eternity. And so today we're going to unwrap the gift of faith. A constant theme we see in the Bible is that God used People who believed him. God used people who simply believed him. I want to remind you that the folks in the Bible that God used, these weren't perfect people. In fact, many of them were flawed like you and I are flawed today. They dealt with the same type of issues, situations, and circumstances And yet we find, if you read the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, we call that particular chapter in Hebrews the Hall of Faith. At least that's what I call it. Because in that particular chapter, there's an outline of great men and women that God used simply because they decided to believe him. They trusted him. They exercised their faith. They weren't perfect people. Yes, Rahab, you remember, she was a harlot. God used her. David was a murderer and an adulterer. God used her. Moses was a fugitive. Jacob was a liar. And Jonah was rebellious. Did I call anyone out here this morning in that particular group? And yet, these folks believed God. They took God at his word and and through them God did great exploits. So important as a believer that you understand the importance of faith. Because everything in this world is designed uh, to have you not trust God. Everything in this world is designed you to live your life simply by what you see within the naked eye. But what's really important to God, anything of the spirit, we have to access them through faith. Faith is everything. Look at your name and say everything. Everything. Come on, y'all are gonna have to help me. If y'all want a good word, you're gonna have to help me today. Faith is everything. Everything to the believers. Our biggest challenge is seeing in the spirit. I know this because some of our conversations sometimes, we listen to us, we we simply listen to ourselves. We speak sometimes, we talk about the the, the reality of the situation, but we don't talk about our situation through the eyes of faith. Sometimes we talk as if God don't exist. Sometimes our communication, we say we want God to do one thing, but then on the back end, we step on what we want God to do by the words that we say. God wants us to be walking so intimately in faith that it's like breathing. God don't want you vacillating in and out. Like one minute I believe in God. Then the next minute, I don't know. This minute, oh God, I think, I think. Oh, that, oh the next minute, oh God, you know, I believe you. How do you know God don't want you living a yo-yo kind of Christianity? God wants you to live your life in faith. He wants you to not only live, he wants you to stay there. He wants you to stay there. He he wants the magnitude of what God wants to do in our life. It's going to require faith. The vehicle by which we access all the things of heaven is through faith. And this Christmas story this morning, what we're going to see this morning is everything was done through the vehicle of faith, with Mary and how God used this wonderful woman. But before that, I want to lay a little bit of a, a foundation this morning for you. So the Bible says, and this is about faith, the Bible says in Romans ten seventeen, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So, if you're sitting here today and you're saying, man, I, I need my faith to be stimulated. How many of you want big faith? How many of you want, how many of you want non-moving faith? Amen. Amen. Then in order to have non-moving faith and big faith, you got to feed your faith. you got to stimulate your faith. The more you feed your faith with, with activity, that's why some of us, we don't believe God enough, because simply, we, we're starving ourselves spiritually. We haven't allowed ourselves to be saturated. How do you know that the more you're saturated with the word of God, the things of God, and and you're around the things of God, how do you know the more your faith is going to grow? That's why I I, I put in the plug for uh, the Christmas party next week. Because the more we're in it, how do you know that these can be holy moments when we come together? Y'all know what I'm talking about. These will be the defining moments where you can find out your destiny and what God is trying to do in your life through just being in the right place at the right time. How do you know that placement is important? Being in the right place is important when it comes to the things of God. So God wants us, so the Bible says that that, that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So we've got to feed our faith if we want to grow it. And then Hebrews 10.38 says that the just shall live by faith. I want you to get that into your spirit. The just shall live by faith. Now watch. The just are not supposed to live by what you see. How do you know that everything you see, in most cases, contradicts what God is trying to do in your life? Are y'all hearing that this morning? So the just shall live by faith. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I love this verse. It says that we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. All right? So we walk by faith and not by sight. See, I'm convinced that the reason why many of us are depressed, worried, and angry is because we're, we're walking by sight and not by faith. We're walking by what we see instead of walking by faith. Faith says I'm healed. Faith says my marriage is well, although it may not be well. Faith says my needs are met. Faith says I'm happy. Faith says I'm joyful. Faith says I'm winning. Why? Because I'm not living according to what I'm seeing in the natural. Y'all hear what I'm saying this morning. I'm not living by what I'm seeing. And so what happens is oftentimes when we're living by what we see, we're discouraged. We're upset. We're depressed. We're not doing well because simply we're focused on what we see. That's why the Bible says don't walk by what you see. Don't live your life as a Christian. Don't live your life just based on what you see. How me know that, 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 that our minds got to be renewed? We got to think differently. Naturally, everybody that you come into contact with because this is the world that we live in, they walk by what they see. They make decisions by what they see. Because that's where they live. But you as a Christian, God said that you are not to do that. You are now to change the way you think. How do we how do you know that we change the way we think? By as the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, by the renewing of our minds that we that we don't be conformed to this world, but that we be transformed. So we gotta somehow we gotta figure out a way, watch this church, to constantly live in a place where you're walking by faith and not being motivated by what you're seeing in the natural. It's not to say that we don't see the natural. It's just simply to say that I'm not going to live by it. How many know that that God wants you to be at peace? How many believe that God don't want you to be worried? How many know that God don't want you to be frustrated and angry and mad about what's going on in your life? That's not God. Have you know? There is no God. Don't want that. Have you know? That's not a gift from God. Jesus said, "I come to give you peace." And part of that peace is understanding that I got to see right. Look at your neighbor. Say, "See right." See right. See the reason why I can keep doing what I do is because I'm seeing through the eyes of faith. The reason why I keep moving even when I feel like giving up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? is I keep going because I see through the eyes of faith. I know that my God is bigger than my circumstances. Anybody hearing me? God is so much bigger than what I'm going through. But we got to walk by faith and not by sight. In fact, until you you get to that point, you will continue to have a life where you're coming up against a brick wall. You will continue to find yourself frustrated simply because your circumstances are always going to change. Situations are always going to change. And now, I'm going to give you another alert. I mean, no know people will always change? But, but, but your faith don't have to. You can keep your faith at a level where, where no matter what people do, you can walk above it. Look at your neighbor and say, walk above it. Walk, walk above it. In. You walk above it through faith. You just believe God. I'm just going to keep saying what I'm believing God for. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.6, it says that without faith... It is impossible. Everybody say impossible. 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 It's impossible. I want you to think about that for a moment. The Bible says that without faith, trust and believing in God. He said it is impossible to please Him. He said there's absolutely no way to please Him. What service? Nothing that you can do without faith in Him. It's impossible. In fact, He goes on to say... That for he who comes to God must believe that God is, so first got to believe that he's there. you got to believe that when you pray, when you open your mouth, that God is on the other side, that God is listening, that God hears you. That God is listening, that God is, he's not going to leave you as the scripture says, he will never leave you nor forsake you. So you got to believe that he is, but watch this, you know what else it says? It said that he is a rewarder. Look at the neighbor and say rewarder. Water. He's a rewarder of those, watch this, who diligently seek him. So in other words, Amen. God is a rewarder. Amen. God is a giving God. God Amen. loves to bless his kids. This is what God enjoys. He said, I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. I mean, no, diligent means that you got you to go for it. You can't be up. You can't be down. You can't be coming to church sometime, coming and not coming other times. You can't be up and down. You can't be giving sometime and not. Let me know. You got to be diligent in your pursuit of God, because this is what he says. He says when we're diligently seeking after Him, when we're diligently seeking after Him, going, going, going for it with all of our heart, trusting him with all of our heart. When we are diligently doing it, God says He's a rewarder. He rewards your faith. I mean, know God rewards faith? He doesn't reward doubt. He doesn't reward unbelief. God rewards faith. I want everybody to say that with me. God, God rewards, rewards faith. faith. Come on, say it again. God, God rewards, rewards faith. faith. What are you seeing and what are you believing? It's so important as we move forward in this particular moment this morning. So it brings us down to Mary. This is a story of faith. In fact, when you read the entirety of the Christmas story, everything that you see, the fingerprints all over the Christmas story is all about faith. What is a faith moment? Mary had her faith moment. Here it is, a young woman, who is about, well, actually, she was a young girl. We estimate that she was somewhere between uh, 12 and 17 years old. We don't really know for certain. But here's a a young girl who had an opportunity. She had a faith moment when God shows up and just completely turns her life upside down. She had a faith moment. Everybody say a faith moment. A faith moment. See, a faith moment is that moment when God shows up to do something amazing and incredible in your life. I'm going to say that again. Your faith moment is that moment when God shows up to do something amazing and incredible in your life. It's that divine moment when God invites you to believe. It's that the moment when God wants to take you on a journey of faith. Abraham, he said. I want you, Abraham, I want you to step out. I want you to come among from among your chambers, and I want to. I want you to come, Abraham, and I want to take you to a land that you've never seen before. In other words, Abraham, I'm going to take you to a place that's going to blow your mind, but you must be willing to step out. Look at your neighbor and say, step out. Wow. David, I want you to come with me, David. David, how many know that David was this little boy? Nobody thought much about him. He was in the backyard. Nobody thought that God was going to use him in the way that he did. But David, I got a giant for you to slew to, to, to sl- Moses, I got a people that I need you to lead out of my out of the land of abundance. Moses, are you ready? It's that moment when God shows up and says, Step up, I'm willing to use you. Faith moment comes to all of us. Some points and various points in time in our lives, God shows up and he does some amazing things. So I got a few things I want to I want to pull from this particular story that I think that I'd help our faith this morning. Number one, I don't know, do we have these on school? Number one, oftentimes our faith moment will come when we least expect. How I many of you love it when God just works on your schedule? Hmm. Let me ask you another question: How many you have discovered that God works on your schedule? I didn't think I'd get anybody raise their hand. What you not know that God has just God has a crazy habit, and one of those habits is that He loves to just come in and mess up your life and just change things around. God loves to just show up at the most inconvenient of times. God loves to just come in and just blow up your planes and redirect you. God just have a way, here's a young woman, a young lady, a young girl, if you will, who's excited, getting ready to get married, to the man of her dreams, and God shows up and says, through the angel, you're going to have a baby, and God is the father of that baby, could you imagine what she must have been thinking at that moment, like, like how how am I going to explain this? To Joseph. I mean, God, I know you want to move, but God, this is not a great time. Anybody ever say to God, God, this is really not a good time. <laughs> God, I mean, can you like try to, come? I'm going to, no, God never works that way. In fact, the, the more I live, the longer I've been walking this thing out, the longer I walk out my faith, I realize that the moves of God occurs most of the time when I'm not expecting it. It just happens. It's not going to happen when it's convenient. It's not. It's, and some of you, you love convenience. And man, you love to live your life a certain way. But let me tell you something. That's okay. But a lot of times, you'll miss what God is doing. Because God me know that God will bow to nobody's schedule. And just because you're in a rush, don't be trying to trip. God ain't going to get on your schedule. How I me mean, know we got to get on his schedule? That's right. And oftentimes, when God gets ready to move, he's just going to move. He's going to move, and the question is, are you coming or are you not? And if you don't move, how many know God knows how to go around you, too? But but last I checked, most of us, we want to be used by God. Am I right about it? I believe that too many of us, we're not experiencing the move of God simply because we want it on our own terms. Think about that for a moment. You want it on your own terms, but we can't have it that way the greatest moves of God is going to happen when you least expect it. Number two, a faith moment can be expressed through the most unlikely of people and circumstances. Amen. You know, one would think that if if God is going to bring in the, the man that's going to be the king of the entire earth, who's going to rule the nations, who's going to have all power, all glory, all things, all creation will bow down and worship him. One would think that if God was going to, to bring in his son, that he would bring, bring in his son through a, a, a very powerful, influential family. Someone with status. A family with money. It would be, be like the Rockefellers or the Kennedys, you know, or, you know who else? Or the Gates. Big names, right? You're going to bring in the Son of God, the most important, well, the most important person in all of history. You know, if I'm going to bring in the Son of God, I'll, I'll, I'll just bring him in through a very influential, powerful. That's what the natural mind thinks. No. Oh, God brought Jesus in through little old teenage girl. Name Mary. Her family had no power. They had no money. They had no significance at all, as far as the human mind can think. Now, you may ask, why does God do that? God, in fact, I'm only going to say this: that God has a habit of doing this all the time. You never know. Some of us right now. I was thinking other day because we got little Arya. She's always Arya. She's always like running around and. Who knows what God will do with her? You, you'll be sitting back 15, 20 years like, I had no idea that God was going to do that. How I many know? you know, I mean, you don't know what God's going to do? Or somebody that whose life has been broken, whose life has been just, just one problem after the next. All of a sudden, God decides to do something incredible and amazing through that person. How I many you know, God works in the unlikely of circumstances and the unlikely of people. He can use anybody. Anybody who is willing. All God requires is somebody who would believe him. Somebody who would say, God, I trust you. So God used this little teenage girl and poor Joseph, and God made them great simply because they believe. In fact, this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 and 29, I love this verse because it really speaks to that. For it says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen. Look at this, church. God has chosen the foolish things of the world. Look at this. To put the shame, the wise. This is how God did This is This is standard operating procedure with God. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put the shame, the things which are mighty. And look at this. He takes it a step further. And the base things, base things, the low things of the world, the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, watch this. To bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. So God loves using people who have been castaways. God loves using folks that have been despised. God loves using people that everybody else don't want. How I many know those are the ones a lot of times God uses? And a lot of times we miss the move of God because we expect it in a different direction. But if you understand how God works, then then how do you know God, 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 God can use the weakest of people in circumstances to display His glory? Why? Because God just want to make sure that I mean, how do you know if, if you really are in a low place and you really understand, you will give God the glory when God uses you. Why do I talk about? It? You see, folks that got money and power, see, they, see they think about themselves oftentimes. I say everybody does, but oftentimes it's all about it's all about them. But what God is looking for, God is looking for a people that will display His glory, so that when He brings them out and when He brings them up, that you can look at that that, you, that person will look and say, "Look what God did in my life." God wants all of the glory, and so watch this church. How many know He deserves the glory? Amen. He deserved all of the glory. So if you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, "I feel like I'm insignificant," I feel like I'm nothing. I've been told I'm nothing. I feel like people don't like me. I want you to understand today that God loves you. Amen. And if you have faith, God can use you just like he used Mary to do something extraordinary. And y'all, y'all say amen to that. Amen. So a faith moment can be expressed in those type of situations. Number three, a faith moment requires immediate action your faith moment. It's that moment when God shows up, as we said before, He invites you to take a journey with Him. He wants to use you. It's that moment that we need to simply respond and say, yes, Lord. You know, when when, when God came to Mary, He says in Luke one thirty eight, then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me, my sisters, according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. How do we you know that Mary's attitude was Lord, whatever you want to do, I'm ready to do it now. Everybody say now. Now. How do we you know that when God calls you to do something, the time is to do it when?
1: Time is not the way.
0: Look, Mary, we don't see Mary saying, but well, well, hold on. Hold on, God. Like, 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 wait a minute. You know, I'm about, I'm about to get married. You know, you can't, I mean, can keep up No, no. It's either now or God will move on. And, and how many you know, I I I've seen, how many of you have ever experienced and realized that you were in a divine moment, but you missed the divine moment? You realize it after that. wait a minute, that was that. That I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know that was a moment. I understand that when God moves, when God speaks, when God prompts you, how many know we just need to respond, "Yes, Lord." Yes, Lord. Because too many times we try to say, "Oh God," but but how and why and I don't know, God. Or, or we, we got really good as Christians because we say stuff like, "Well, the Lord is still working on me." <laughs> you know, I'm still a work in progress. Uh, you know, I am praying about it. I'll see. How you many know that when God tells you to do something and you know God is speaking to you, now is the time to do it. Amen. Not a well, I don't know. I don't let me think about it, let me Amen. pray about it. If the Holy Ghost spoke, do it. If God prompts you to move, do it. God prompts you to forgive, forgive. God prompts you to give, give. Respond immediately. And here's what God will do. I find I, I figured this out. God will go around you and you had to catch him on the next train if that train ever comes back. See, I don't know about you. I want to be used by God. I don't want to set of me that I get to heaven that Gary. Because you know I ain't gonna be Pastor Gary. Gary. <laughs> uh, here's what you could have had. But but here's Here's what you missed because you didn't do what I told you. You didn't obey what I told you. Now, now I've been gracious to you. I, I bless you. But, but here's where you could have been. But you missed it. I mean, you know, none of us want that testimony. We need to be like Mary. When the, when the Lord showed up, I know it's inconvenient. It's not the perfect time. But when God says do it, just do it. Look at the neighbor. Look, look. We're going to steal this thing from Nike. Just do it. Look at the neighbor and say, just do, it. just do it. Some of y'all don't get that yeah. Nike, just do it. Number four. When we fail to believe God or embrace our faith moment, the heavens are shut up and our lives become stacked. When we fail. To believe God. And remember, everything I, everything I said earlier about this, remember that if you read the Bible from front to back, it all deals with believing him. you many know the children of Israel got in trouble with God over and over again because they didn't believe him. Y'all know that, right? That's what it's all about. God was more, God was more upset that they didn't have faith. Now, what does that say about you and I? So watch this, church. So when we fail to believe or embrace our faith, our moment of faith, the heavens are shut up and our lives become stagnant. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Go to uh, uh, Luke chapter number 1, verses 13. let me start in verse number 13. Now, you remember, this is a story. I want to tell you, Zacharias was a priest. He was married He was married to a lady named Elizabeth. And for many, many years, they had been praying and believing God for a baby. Now, it's quite some time has passed, and now... They are past the regular or normal age of having kids. They're, everybody say old. They're old. Past time. So here it is. I want, I want this to resonate with you. He's a priest. Look at the neighbor and say he's a priest. The priest. Look at the name again. Says he's a minister. He's a minister. Look at the name again and say he's a leader of God's people. He's a leader of God's people. This is Zacharias, a man of God, a leader. Watch this church? Here he is. He is in the temple. The lot fell on him. It was his time to go in the temple and to minister. And they offered and ministered the sacrifices. So, so here Zacharias is, 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 is there in the temple ministering. How many know that you can, you can be doing stuff. You can be going through the motion, but be in no faith? How many know there are a lot of people that come to church all the time and sit in the pews and have no faith in God? They come to church. They even say, they they, they do all the stuff, but how do you know they have no faith? The most important thing they don't have. And here it is, Zacharias, he's ministering. You would think when God shows up to the priest, to the preacher, that he'd be like, oh, praise God. Look at this in verse number 13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, because he's in the temple ministry now, Zacharias. Watch this, church. For your prayer is heard. Listen to this. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, a boy, and you shall call his name John. It doesn't stop there. Look at this. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For look at this. Now he's going to describe the the, the scope of his life. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Elijah, you understand, was a great prophet. Elijah was one of those prophets that everything, when Elijah spoke, the whole city shut down. That brother, he, he was one of the most supernatural prophets that ever lived out of the Old Testament. So when he said that this guy, John, would come in the spirit and power of Elijah, that was huge. And he would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, if that were me, I will hope. I'd have been like, oh, praise God. My prayer been answered. We're gonna have a baby, baby. We're gonna have a baby. How many of you might have been jumping up and down, praising God? He's a priest. He's in there ministering, doing the work of God. So this is so here he has a faith moment. And in his faith moment, you think, oh God, hallelujah, praise your God. No, the brother, know what he said? Let's look at what he said he said. He's a hope. Look, can I paraphrase? Uh, verse 18, he says, hold up, wait a minute, stop right there. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold, hold up, got. Hold, hold, hold. Well, here's the problem, here's the problem. Uh, Zechariah says to the angel, uh, how shall I know this? Watch this. For I am old man. <laughs> y'all, y'all, can, y'all can figure that out, right? All right. I'm an old man. And my wife is well advanced in years. Now, instead of jumping and shouting and saying hallelujah, he said, you know what he basically told, was saying to God and angel? Through the angel, you know what he was saying? Uh, God, what joke we came to that? I'm sorry, God. Wait a minute. God just showed up and told you that your prayers have been answered? And and, and you're going to have a son, and you ain't this ain't going to be a regular son. This boy is going to affect nations. He is going to be great. And, and, and all he can say is, we too over that, God. <laughs> and you know what the Bible says happened there? The Bible says in verse number 20. No, first look at verse 19. Verse number 19. It said, The angel said, said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. In other words, he said, Look, I'm the messenger of God. How can you talk to me? Do you, do you not know what you just did? You, you're a minister. You ought to know better. You're a priest. Don't you understand? He said, I stand in the presence of God. In other words, God sent me to you. God sent me directly to you. You just offended all of heaven. But behold, he said, you will be mute and not able to speak. Until the day these things take place. Watch this. Why? Why, church? Because you did not believe my word, which will be fulfilled in its own time. Now, how do you know? A couple things with with that. See, how do you know that that all the while, from the moment, here's a couple things you can get from that. From the moment they start praying for that baby. How do you know God already, had, God already had a plan? You see, here's what happens sometimes. We pray and we expect God to do it within. How do you know we need to get rid of our own time frame? God, I told you before, God don't work on your schedule. So the whole, while, God, the whole time we're praying, God said, I got you. But I ain't going to do it just yet, but you just wait. God was setting them up for a blessing that will blow their mind. You ain't going to just have a boy. You're going to have a bad boy. How many know that an extraordinary blessing requires extraordinary faith? Holy drastic measures requires drastic faith. So all the while, whenever praying, God already heard it. I'm here to tell you today, church. You've been praying for some for a minute. You've been praying for a while. God sent me here to tell somebody today. He already, he got that. He got that. Hold on. Stay in faith. Keep believing. God says, I got it. Amen. But watch this. But it's going to be better. Everybody say better. Better. Better, better than what you think. See what God was doing, God was planning something huge, magnificent, significant, something that will blow rock their world. But how me you know that if you ain't standing in faith, you miss it? And you know what? And watch this, this is what's the sad thing about it. Because how me you know your words affect your atmosphere? Some of y'all don't understand that. When Jesus got ready to heal one girl, y'all remember this girl I, I think her name was Jared, so I'm not sure I, I mean, When he got ready to heal this one girl, there, there were a lot of, there were some folks in the room who who, 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 were, who, who didn't believe. Their mouth, and, and before Jesus healed the little girl, he said, get out. Now, the Bible says he put them out. I just say get out. He put the same thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about, they got to go. Why? Because I can't have this atmosphere of what I want to do, tainted by doubt and unbelief. Because doubt and unbelief will get in the way of what God wants to do. And God, listen, God was so intent because he's about to bring in the Son of God. He's about to bring in Jesus, the King. He's about to bring in the one that will bear all the sin. This was the divine moment that all the creation was set up for. And how you know God wasn't going to let no unbelieving Zacharias get in the way? So, boy, shut up. God muted him and said, you can't talk. Get step. Get step. Oh, good God. God said, you cannot talk. I can't let. The Bible said he was muted until the day that baby was born. God could not have him tainting what he wanted to do. Because as far as we know, Mary was in faith. Lord, let it be according to your word. How do you know? Joseph was in faith. God showed him a dream. Joseph was believing. How do you know? Elizabeth, she was rejoicing and she was pregnant. And she said, Zacharias, over. I, I can't let you mess it up, so I'll just keep you quiet. How do you know that God just needs to tell? Look, some folks just need to be quiet. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The so God wasn't about to let that doubt and unbelief mess up what he wanted to do. So what God a lot of times do? do with, with love, God gotta shut down. He would shut some folks down. I wonder how many miracles will come to fruition that people will just stop talking. Mm-mm-mm. God says, Zacharias, you're going to be quiet. I got to meet you. And how many know sometimes God will meet us? And when God meets you, that means God ain't hearing us and we ain't hearing him. Everything, nothing's moving Standard. Because why? Because faith. Faith is the atmosphere by which God moves. And if, if God's going God's to do what he's going to do here with bringing in the Son of God, how do you know that atmosphere got to be right? they got to be right. So when we fail to believe God will embrace our moment, the heavens are shut up and our lives will become stagnant. Number five. We'll have two minutes here. Number five. She got them all over there one time. They got tired of waiting on me, so they put them all over there. Okay. Number five. In your faith moment, look at this church, you must leave the results and the details to God. In your faith moment, that moment when God shows up to do something extraordinary, something amazing, something wonderful, that journey, that invitation, how I many you know that, that we got to leave the results to God, the details to God? When God tells you to do something, don't worry about all the details. How many know that, that Mary, as far as we know, we don't see anything in here in Mary's conversation. She did not say, well, who's going to explain this to Joseph? She might have thought it. Sure. <laughs> but she didn't say, well, I, I, I get that, but, but who? Who, who? No, no, no. She, all she wanted to know, all she wanted to know was, I haven't known a man yet. And so, you know, how, meaning like, I'm ready to be obedient. I'm just ready to do what you said, but I just need to know what you want me to do next. Her attitude was, God, let it be according to your word. And how do you know that Joseph, this is, this is how awesome God is? Here it is that the angel shows up and tells Mary that she's about to be blessed beyond all women. And on the back end, God sends an angel. See, how many know God to work on the details? God sends an angel. Because Joseph was getting ready to divorce her. Because in those days, betrothing was just like marriage. You know, when somebody was engaged, the way they looked at it, basically, you were married. That's how serious engagement was. And so, so Joseph had found out about it. He was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this, I'm gonna put this away, I'm, I'm done with it. How do you know the angel came to the angel showed up to Joseph in a dream and said, Boy, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the baby that's in her is of me. And it's my So and so, you need to You need to go ahead and do what I told you to do. You know what Joseph said? Okay. But here's my point. God worked out all the details ahead of time. During that time, it doesn't matter. See, when our faith moment comes, we need to leave this results to God. If God called me to do something. How you know the faithful is He that called you and will do it. If God tells you to do something, he obviously has already provided the means to take care of you. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. He's always, I mean, obviously, if God said, I want you to do this, then you know whatever God has asked you to do, he's already made provision for you. He's already covered you. Well, God, I don't know. And if I give, God, I know you just spoke, but if I give this, how am I going to da, 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 da? You all know what I'm talking about. How am I gonna make it? How am I gonna eat? How am I gonna do this? How God, do you just believe me? That woman at Zarephath? Give me that little, give me that little bit of oil and that, that little, that, that little break. Just give me that. Give me what you got left. I do you know it ain't but one response when God shows up? Okay, God, I'm gonna leave the deep, I'm gonna trust you to fix this. I'm gonna do what you told me to do. And I'm gonna move forward. Number six. We to get a couple of these now. Number six. In your faith moment, you must know that all things are possible. Look at your neighbor and say, all things are possible. All things are possible. Look at your neighbor again and say it with conviction. All things are possible. Look. Now, look at him again and say, All. All. Now, all things are possible. See, in my faith moment, I got to know when God shows up, there's no limits with God. There is nothing too hard for God. That, listen, as long as God is on the throne, every miracle is on the table. As long as God is on the throne, all things are possible. So we listen, we can't limit God, church. How many you know God can still raise the dead? How many you know that God can still heal cancer? How many you know God can still restore marriage? How many know God can still fix a broken, uh, broken relationship? How many know that God can provide all that we need? Amen. Amen. As long as He's on the throne, all things are possible. So my faith moment, when God shows up, I'm, I'm already thinking, you know, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. No. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go with God, and you know what? God never punishes anybody for believing Him. Let me say that again. God never punished anybody for believing him. God never punished anybody for believing him. you got nothing to lose. Are y'all are hearing that? To put your faith and trust in God, you have nothing to lose. Go all out and trust God. And while you're doing what you're doing, say, just say it. Just keep saying it. Lord, I trust you. God, I'm trusting. Lord, I'm doing it. God, I'm doing it for you. I'm trusting. I'm trusting. Look at the neighbor and say, all All things things are possible. possible. In your faith moment, number seven, it's not I can and I won't, (laughs) but how, when, and where, God, do you want me to start? (laughs) You remember Zacharias said, Basically, in Luke chapter one, uh, Luke chapter one, verse eighteen, basically said, "I'm too old. Really, fancy. He can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. That's, that's, that was his thing. can't do it." Then Mary said, she, Mary said how, how can I do this?" She was really saying, "Lord, Lord, what, what, what's the next step?" Now we know that that's the way that Mary was thinking. Because in that verse, I, I just want to highlight this point. In, in, in Luke 1.34, then Mary said to the angel, how How can this be since I do not know me? Now, we know that when Mary said that, the spirit by which she said that, she asked that because she asked and wanted to know how, not the fact that she didn't believe him. Now, how do we know that? Because right after the angel explains it to her and says, you know what, the, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and this baby is going to be great, and I'm going to put my seed in. At that moment, as soon as she heard that, you know, she didn't go like, That don't make sense. (laughs) She didn't go like, that don't make sense, God. No, she said, Mary said, let it be to me according to your word. I mean, no, that's crazy faith. I mean, Mary has some crazy faith. I mean, she didn't, like, I mean, think about it. She was hearing this. We read this story. We get so familiar with it. But she's hearing this for the first time. And all she got to say is, let it be according to your word. Now we see why God favored Mary, because she had crazy faith. She believed him. Number eight, finally, when your faith moment is revealed, look at this church, we must not only embrace, but worship and praise like we got. Let me say that again. When your faith moment is revealed, we must (coughs) worship. We must not only embrace, but we must worship and praise like we got it. You see, I want—I want to look, look at this. This is a uh, Mary. How of you know Mary had a song? And it's, it's not Mary had a little lamb. Y'all know that song? That's not the song that Mary sang. It says here in verse number, uh, in chapter one, verse forty-six. Right after the angel, now, watch this. Right after the angel. Tells her all that God is going to do. That you're a virgin. You're going to have a baby. All of this stuff. Look at it in, in, in verse number forty-six. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Watch this. Watch this. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Look at this. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, his forth, all generations will call me Blessed. Look at this. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Come on up, brother. You can. Has done great things for me. I want you to understand something with this. Mary, you not know that, that all the stuff that the angel has said was going to happen to her, it hadn't happened yet. But if you read, if you read this, Mary is talking like it's already done. She, she you know, she, she says stuff like. Behold, henceforth all generation will call me blessed. How do you know that's faith? She's speaking ahead. And then she said, "For he who is mighty, he's done great things for me. And done it yet. Haven't been done yet. All he did was spoken. How do you know God wants people to act like they believe Him? Act like you believe God. In other words, if you believe God spoke to you, start. Don't don't wait. Oh, I'm just going to wait for the manifestation. No, no, no. Here's what you do. When you believe God spoke to you, you start praising him now. You start walking and acting like you already got it. Mary says, my soul magnifies God. Because she believed She believed his word. And because of Mary's faith, because of Joseph's faith, because of Elizabeth's And they're trusting God. We're sitting here today as the redeemer of Jesus Christ. Our sins have been forgiven. We have been been made right with God. The bridge, the the, the wall that separated us have been torn down. Now we have an eternal relationship. Why? Because these folks believe God. And, And God sent me to tell you this morning that if you believe him, if you will dare to believe he will do the impossible in your life and don't listen to what everybody else say you know you, know, you always got the, you know this is, how many of you got to put something down on your spirit a dream or a vision come on raise your hand something that God has put on your spirit you know and you know if you talk to the wrong people you hang around the wrong people they' they'll'll they'll, 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 they'll squash it so you know what you' do know, the Bible says a lot of times that that when Mary as, as when when Jesus was born, and after, you know, his life, after his birth, that there were times that, that she kept hearing all these prophetic words and people were saying stuff, and all this stuff was going on around her. And the Bible says that Mary just simply pondered all these things in our heart. Because how many you know that sometimes you can't tell everybody what God is trying to do in your life? Because some folks, they're, they're not where you're at. They don't believe. But you remember I said earlier, God has never punished anybody that believed him. Amen. So you believe him. Let everybody, then listen. And you make sure that you surround yourself with people that's going to stimulate your faith. Surround yourself with people who's going to encourage you in the thing that God has put down on the inside of you. How do you know that against all odds, it's possible with God? Amen. Against all odds. That's how God does it. All he's saying is, just believe me. Just believe me. Just believe me, Christmas, more than anything else, is a time of great faith. We want to believe God for the impossible, for our families, for our community, for the people that we love. Let's believe God. Let's trust God. Let's stop tolerating stuff and saying, oh, it has to be this way. I mean, no, it doesn't have to be this way? It doesn't have to stay this way. Amen. Maybe Man. God is saying it's that staying that way. It hasn't moved because you don't believe. Right? Believe. Believe. Every head is bowed, guys.